Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience podcast, and I am so excited for another interview today. P.S. Thank you guys so much for really stepping up when I put out the call for some interviews because it's been really hard to get interviews for the past couple of years and since um, maybe the first couple of months that I started. And I'm amazed at how well you all have stepped up to help me out and ask anybody who's been on here. I promise not only is it easy, it's actually kind of fun. So thank you for stepping up to spend some time with me. And without further ado, please, my guest today, Carrie, please introduce yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What council? And how are you involved with Girl Scouts? Thank you, Sarah. Uh, My name is Carrie, and I live in Seattle, Washington, and that means that my council is Girl Scouts of Western Washington. I am a troop leader of two troops. My first troop I've had since 2012, and they are now 10th graders, and they were a cohort troop where it was all from the same grade at the same school. Um, and so, and they've stayed together. And then my second troop, I started in 2014 and it was based on the younger sisters of the girls in my first troop. And, um, and that is because those are my two girls. So I have one in the first troop and one in the second troop. I wanted them to each have their own troop. Um, oh, and I'm also the camp director for my service unit, which is the Goldfinch service unit. So I plan our fall and spring camperies when we are having camperies. All the questions. First and foremost, I can't talk to somebody with a high school troop without asking the obvious questions about retention and um, turnover. And so what advice, how has that gone? And what advice do you have for keeping older girls? You know, I wish I I wish I had a better answer for that. My expectation was that we were going to get all the way through fifth grade and probably be done. And then we got, they came to sixth grade and they just kept coming. Uh, in what I've learned, um, and you may also know this, is all the really fun and good and adventurous activities kind of kick in in middle school. Those, those cadet badges are a real wild ride. <laughs> there's, there's, that's it's the first time you get the archery badge. It's the first time that you have um, a woodworking badge, like sort of the big, the big deal things. So there was a little bit of that. Um, there, there was kind of just, we kept saying like, oh, there's gonna be these fun things when we're in cadets, we're gonna do these and these. And then um, then when it was, once they got into middle school, we were like, we're just in it. I'm gonna hang on to you guys and we're gonna do this thing. And there's, um, our council has a lot of really great um, events for older scouts. We have the thing called the Global Action Summit, which is a camp around global action advocacy. Cadets attend it. And seniors and ambassadors plan and execute it. So, you know, they get to cadets and we say, you can go to the Global Action Summit. And then, you know, then when they are going into high school, it's like, well, you've been to the Global Action Summit, you could be on the team. And then there's another event called the Cascade Challenge, which is a competitive primitive camping event where troops come from all over and you make a team and they set up a campsite and they get judged and it's great. So it's those types of things like you could do the cascade challenge next year. You could wait, 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 I'm sorry. Pause. (laughs) What are they competing at? It's such a great question. The cascade (laughs) challenge, you compete at everything from setting up your campsite. So they come in, the judges come and see how everything is set up, how you're storing your fuel for your fire, how far your tents are back. If you have, you know, flags on your guy lines, like all those things. 
Um, and then they have sessions during the day where they go off to do, they shoot archery, they do fires. There's a teamwork challenge. There's always a themed challenge, which the year that my, my high school troop competed in eighth grade uh, was animal safety and identification. So they had to hang a bear bag and do tracks and scat and they do it all without us. So we just sit at the campsite, you know, you sit there with your little cup of tea and they come back in between sessions, tell you what happened. And then, and then the cook challenge is Saturday night and they get a box of food and they have to make a whole meal. They have to use five different types of cooking. They have to have a menu and the judges just stand over them the whole time. And tell me again, who's doing the judging? They have a team. It's, there's a team that puts on the event and they are very, very good, very well organized, 10 out of 10. Um, and then they ask for volunteers to come and be judges. So you can, so my co-leader um, for that troop actually just volunteered one year and went and slept in a tent on site and judged, you know, a few tasks. And then the judges go and eat with the different troops. And then you as a troop leader go and eat with another troop. So you're just a guest. So I didn't know those nice scouts. They served me a lovely dinner. I didn't have to judge them or give them a score or anything. I just, but, but part of how they did hospitality and service was part of their score. So they were, it was just a lovely experience. How fun. So is this a council-wide thing or a service unit thing? It is council-wide. And same with the Global Action um, Summit. I think you Global said Action Summit, yes. Good. And that was, usually I take <laughs> notes, but I didn't plan very well. Um, Girl Scout, always prepared. So, yeah, um, is, so is that, that council-wide? Is council-wide, yes. That's a council event. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so I'm sorry carry on back to how do we keep older girls engaged and what has your experience it's been knowing that those events are coming up and showing that you have enthusiasm for them and you know just thinking like how are we going to do this because uh, I, I know that for um for a lot of older troops travel is the big lure and that's that may be in the cards for us but we're not in that place right now and it, we've just sort of had this other thing where it's like these opportunities, these big events. We do winter camp in the, you know, in the winter, obviously, um, every January where we just rent a cabin and they get to kind of hang out inside and be cozy and spend time together. And there's just, we're just sort of always pushing to the next thing. Like, you know, when it's fall, we complete fall camp. We look forward to winter camp. When it's winter, we're looking forward to spring camp. If they have an event coming up, we're talking about that. And then we have our meetings and it's just really fun. And it's not like they are, um, they, like they all go to different schools now. This is just this thing that they're still doing. And basically what I've told them now is, what's the point of staying in till 10th grade if you're not gonna stay in forever? Like you're making it to graduation. Yeah, it's so funny. I, um, uh, it's been a few years now, but I had a like landmark birthday and everyone said, so what do you see for your next de decade? What do you want for the next 10 years? Mm -hmm. And I said, I want to be at the graduation for the girls, my OGs from my troop. And that was such a weird thing to think. Like, it really does go so fast. It does. Okay. I just anyway, actually, I just so purchased graduation cords for the 10th graders because oh. they have money from last year and we didn't get to pay for camp mm -hmm. and it's on a cookie mm -hmm. dough card. So I bought them because, and I told them, I have these for you and, and we're going to bridge to ambassadors this year. That will be a bridging gift. And if you are, if, when you graduate, you're still a Girl Scout, you'll have it. And if you're not, no pressure, 
I can return them. The store will take them back, but they're here, but it does take eight to 10 weeks to get those. So, so do it in 10th grade. Um, so I think that's a good idea. So as someone who has this camp director position in your service unit, I really want to ask you about this specifically because one thing that I hear again and again and again from volunteers as their girls get older is my council doesn't offer opportunities for older girls. Well, your council obviously has these cool programs. So what can volunteers do, speaking as with your camp director hat on, mm-hmm. what can volunteers do and take on to plan events like, like this that are exciting and fun for older girls, even if their council doesn't already have an existing program? Right. Now, that's a great question, because uh, when I see the logistics and that are required to put on something like um, the Global Action Summit or the Cascade Challenge, that is huge. That is very next level. But I try to bring that same energy to planning the campouts for our service unit. So it might be, you know, 150 or 200 scouts in one place. But what is going to be there and what is going to be special for all of them? So for example, I do program aid training at camp because I think that's the best place to do program aid training for cadets is in the camp environment because that's where you do most of your program aid activities. So we provide that. So like uh, Saturday morning, the whole morning session is all the new cadets sort of get herded over into the barn for program aid training. And then the ones who've had program aid training is, you know, I ask for feedback from them, like, while you're at camp, do you want to lead a session? Can I match you with some daisies or brownies? So they get to say, like, we're going to do bugs, or we're going to do games, or we're going to do this. And so each, everyone's kind of, it's, it is, as with the Girl Scouts, everything about it, it is all vertically integrated. So it's, you know, we have these younger scouts who might be coming for the first time, but then we have these older scouts who know their way around. And, you know, we'll just show up in your unit and show you how to start fires for an hour while the leaders all get to sit down and take a break and, you know, gather all their energy for rowboats or whatever the next thing is. So, but then at the same time, it's like, well, you're going to be leading a session in the morning. Do you also want to do archery in the afternoon or do you want to do rowboats or would you rather just hang out in your cabin? And if you get that kind of feedback from all the different troops, I like to provide um, sort of a tailored experience for all the groups that come. That seems like a really big undertaking. So tell me a little bit more about what you do and how you got into this position to begin with. Well, I will tell you that when I took on Girl Scouts in 2012, my thing that I told all the parents and the thing that I told all the girls was we will do everything but camping. I don't like it. It's not for me. I don't like camp. Like hopefully somebody else will do that. And I just had this idea that like I could sign them up to go to camp and it wouldn't have to have anything to do with me. And it turns out that in our service unit, that was not happening. So the first time I took my scouts to camp, and of course that's what they wanted to do. You ask them on the first day, what does everybody want to do? Camp, 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 and horses. Um, and also self cookies. So I, um, I, I took them, my first group in the third grade to another service unit's campery. And I was like, this is great. I can just buy a slot at someone else's camp and then I don't ever have to do it. And of course we came up, you know, triple zeros the next year and couldn't get into anybody else's camp. So we just did troop camping, which was fun. And then after that, I started going to service unit meetings and found out what it was gonna take to get units because by then I had two troops and I wanted them to go to camp. And I also didn't wanna have to go on two different weekends. (laughs) So I thought if I became the camp director, I could take 
both troops camping at the same weekend. So our first camp out was probably five troops total and two of them were mine. So I just started talking to people and finding out, you know, who's, how it all works. There's a lottery system to rent space at our camps. So I had to learn the whole system and I had to go get training. There's weekend campery training. And I went to that. I love that. I love when you first started talking, I could just tell, I was like, she's going to say, she said no camping. Cause I've heard so many people who get involved with troops say that and including former co-leaders of mine. Um, and also sometimes when I talk, try to talk parents into coming along on our troop mm-hmm. camp trips, um, but describing to them that you get to put out your camp chair and sip, you know, coffee or tea or water or whatever you want to drink. Um, well, drink that sounded inappropriate but (laughs) um following yeah the the girls then do the work and you just observe and oversee and answer questions and it's like it's amazing and they do all the cleanup and they do all the cooking and they do it's crazy um okay so let's totally rewind were you a girl scout growing up i was um, I was a Girl Scout from first grade to fifth grade. So for five years, and I got my five-year pin in uh, 1981. So that's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> and what what um, memories stand out from when you were a Girl Scout? Um, I, so I was in Arizona Cactus Pine, which is the same, probably council you're in. Um, I was a girl, my first year of Girl Scouts was the bicentennial year, 1976. So I went to the Bicentennial Jamboree with all the Girl Scouts. I just remember being in a big dirt field and there was just a lot of people. It was just wild and crowded crowded and wonderful. Um, so that's the first thing that I remember. And then um, my troop, the troop that I was in was of course, I wasn't, my, it was my sister's troop. So she was two years ahead of me. But then as those Scouts got older and they kind of quit, disbanded, whatever, I was sort of the last person standing and I got switched to another troop at another school. And all of my most vivid memories are from that troop because it became sort of my thing. It was special to me. My sister wasn't in there. My mom wasn't involved. Um, And they were very, I remember them as being very welcoming. And I'm sure it was because I was new, but um, I got elected to some leadership positions. I got to do some very special things. And I just have a very specific memory where we had to make flags for our patrol and we had markers to decorate them. And we had made this beautiful rainbow on our patrol flag. And um, then one of the people in my patrol, I was the patrol leader, spilled water on it. And it was all the, the whole, it, but it was, it was all sort of, I would say it was ruined, except of course it was beautiful because it had been a beautiful rainbow with the sky. And it just became this big blotchy thing. and she was devastated and crying and it was just this amazing opportunity for me to say like it's fine look at it it's beautiful and so we just got out the black pens and wrote our names on it in a sharpie and we we're like this is it and then we were the sky scouts and um and i just remember thinking like this is a great like i've never seen anything like that happen before it was my first time seeing something disastrous happen that you could turn around and i loved it wow that is a really powerful memory and story that you remember. Um, what a cool, what a cool story. Thank you for sharing that. Yep. So tell me how and why you got involved as a volunteer. Um, I wanted my child to be in Girl Scouts. So we had seen a, 
a poster when she was in first grade, I think, where it was like, come to the library and learn more about Girl Scouts. And so I had this idea that we were going to go and I would sign her up and then she would be in a Girl Scout troop. And then I learned the thing that everyone knows, which is when they are, when they put up those signs that say, come learn more about the Girl Scouts, they're not there to recruit children. They have no shortage of children, but they're, you're the one being recruited. You're the, you're the roundup. And I didn't really, so I just sort of signed her up and kept waiting and waiting for that magical day to appear when she would be assigned to a troop. And then by the end of first grade, it had not happened. And that was when, and then I saw another poster to come to a thing about the Girl Scouts. And that was when I realized <laughs> what they are recruiting are adult volunteers. And so I decided to do it. And um, I was afraid no one would sign up and we got five girls involved. And then as soon as those five joined, there was that avalanche of everyone wanting to do it. So, so we started in second grade. I love that. I started with my troop as second graders mostly as well. We have a multi-level. So we had like a third grader and a kindergartner and then it grew and grew, but um but I start my my OGs really mainly were second graders, and so yeah, I have a, a soft yeah. spot my for that. My second troop is multi level; it's fifth through eighth grade. Yeah, I like so having done both. Let's talk about that actually. So there are people who feel very passionately about anti multi level or like yes, multi level is the best thing. So having done both, what are the pros and cons of operating as a multi level or staying as a single level? As a single level, it's very, it becomes very insular. It becomes our thing. Um, and I can show you, is the share screen on? So my older troop is very insular. They have their own inside jokes. They have their own things that are special to them. And then, um, and that's great. And I can show you, I think I have this set up for share screen. So this is them at the Cascade Challenge in eighth grade. So you can see that they have their hoodies, they have their bandanas, they are, they are called the fighting goldfinches. You can see this little sun on the front of their hoodies, um, which is the sun from the flag of Kazakhstan, which was their country for World Thinking Day one year. Um, so the sun is on everything. And then on the, I don't, the back of the hoodies are not on here. I don't think I have a picture for that. Um, there's a big goldfinch on the back because we're the goldfinch service unit. And so when they signed up for the Cascade Challenge, they were the fighting goldfinches. They just have their own, they have a brand. Um, my younger troop began as younger sisters of those uh, scouts. And then what happened is one of, so I had three, cause I had three younger sisters and then another, I needed more. So I gathered up some more in that grade. And then one of them had a sister who was just one grade behind. And it seemed really mean to be one year apart and only one of you gets to do girl, like Girl Scouts for you, but not for you. And then the following year, I had a younger sister of one of my older girls was like a few years back. So I knew I had to scoop her up. And by then I was way better at it. Like I had more organization and I, you know, it was, it was just a machine. It was like a well-oiled machine. I know how to do the things. Um, and that, it, it just became that. And so with that group, it's much more of a like, you are a member of this troop, people come, people go, people stay, people leave, it's fine. Um, and like, so right now they are, I have three eighth graders, three seventh graders, three sixth graders and three fifth graders. So there's not even majority one thing or another thing. Like for a while it was all, it was top heavy with those older girls. 
but now it just tails all the way down. And threes seem like that would be challenging. So do they, what do your meetings look like? Do they meet all together? Do they split up? No, we meet all together. And often we will, we could be earning a badge that the older ones are doing. We could be earning a badge that the younger ones are doing. You just do whatever we're doing in that meeting. Um, And in fact, when I find fourth and fifth grade to be the hardest years to lead, I feel like those are when everyone's kind of going off in every direction behavior wise. And I'd had like several challenging weeks with my fifth graders mostly. And um, so my bounce back from that was we still have, we have all these brownies this troop and we are going to do a brownie journey and we are all going to do it together. Like, I don't care that you're in the fifth grade, you're going to do all the activities in this brownie. So we did, we went on the brownie quest and they kind of had to all do it together. So it was very fun. So it's like, sometimes you just have to shake it up and you know, it's like, yeah, you're going to, we're all, you're going to do the painting badge, even though you're in fifth grade and that's fine. People like to paint. So tell me about one of, or more than one of your proudest moments as a troop leader. Um, I have some notes about this because I didn't want to not have a good experience to tell you about. Um, <laughs> I did a backpacking trip with my older troop, like backpacking, backpacking, where we had to like carry all our stuff and walk on the trail and set up the camp. And I told you camping's not my thing. So we did that at the end of seventh grade. Um, and it was, I was, I was proud of that. Like it was, I was proud of me for doing it. Um, and primarily because nothing went wrong, like, uh, which is amazing because we were there during a thunderstorm. So nothing wrong. We like, and during the part it was a four mile trail that we had to walk down to get to the campsite. And during those four miles to get to the campsite, it did not rain and rain had been predicted for the entire weekend. And I was in the front because I was the slowest hiker because the slowest hiker goes in front. And I went very fast. I was absolutely booking it down that trail because I felt like every minute that it wasn't raining, we had to really take advantage of it because if it started to rain, we're going to slow down. It was going to be hard to put up the tents, whatever. So that was great. Loved my backpacking trip. Um, By the time we got home, I was giddy. But my proudest moment for my campers um, was at the Cascade Challenge in eighth grade. So, okay, so I'd had them since second graders and there was, there's this activity I always have in my back pocket and it's the Lego game where you get a bunch of Legos and then I make a thing and then you have the exact same Legos and you have to recreate it, right? Very basic, you know, here's a little tower with like 20 Legos in it. Here's a bag of 20 Legos, recreate the same thing. And that used to be what we did during meetings when we would have extra time or if I didn't have anything planned or when we were getting ready to do big projects, little team building. And uh, so by the time they got to eighth grade, they'd been doing this a lot. It was like just a favorite activity. And they went, and one of the things I was worried about for the, for the Cascade Challenge was the teamwork and cooperation portion, because that's not all, that's, that has so much potential to go wrong when people are tired. And um, so I was just sent them off and they went and when they came back an hour later, they were running across the field. I said, oh, how'd it go? How'd it go? And they said, the task was the Lego game. That was what they're, they, cause if you go in cold, you don't know what they're gonna do. They just give you a task and you have to achieve it. And they were screaming, they're like, it was the Lego game. It was the Lego game. And I was just, I was just beside myself that they've been you know, doing this sort of silly fun game since probably fourth grade and that was coming back to them. It was like, it was coming back to reward them. Like this thing that you've done a million times. 
Um, in fact, one of the things that they sort of got graded down on, not graded down, but one of the comments on their card was like, um, they weren't talking more, they weren't doing more communicating. And it was almost like they were too well prepared for it. They knew exactly what to do. Because one person goes and looks at the thing and then comes back and tells the other ones what to do. They had it like that, very proud. So yeah, but just things like that where you sort of put in all this time meeting and meeting and meeting and meeting and going here and going there and a field trip here and a camp out. And then you get this, you get these few moments where it all comes together and you just, it was this all along and it's just yeah and it's where it's the impact is so hard to measure or to quantify and so in the moments like that where you have evidence of the impact it's like oh it was, that was that's it <laughs> yeah that's so great so tell me another one of your craziest or silliest girl scout memories. um when they were in second grade, we'd just been having meetings and meetings and meetings, and we were going to our first service unit event, and it was going to be a World Thinking Day event. Um, and I was familiar with World Thinking Day from my own Girl Scout experience, and it was a very traditional World Thinking Day event where you get a country, and then you go to a presentation. Like on a so in a weeknight in a school cafeteria, you're there representing your country. You learn some things about it, and then you do, and then you have like five minutes on stage. Great. Well, the my second graders when they were in as second graders. Our meetings were, they were wild. It was like, we had to make rules about not taking your shoes off and throwing them across the room. We had to, sometimes we'd have to make them sit in chairs so they wouldn't roll on the floor. Sometimes we'd have to make them sit on the floor because they were pushing the chairs around and they were kind of loud and it just wasn't very orderly. It was just fine. I was just my first experience. I'm not a teacher. I know a lot of Girl Scout leaders are teachers and they are used to that. I, that's. I'm, I'm a lawyer. My job is that I'm a lawyer. And so I wasn't prepared for any of this. So we picked our country. They picked Costa Rica, which was a suggestion of one of them. And they made it their big poster and they learned all these things. And their presentation, because they were little, I just wrote down, like they, they had looked up all these facts and I put a fact on each piece of paper. And it came time for the presentation and my co-leader, I just said like, let's just let them go up there and do it. The stakes couldn't be lower. And they just marched right up on the stage and we told the one who was first that you're gonna have to take the microphone, say your fact and then pass it to the next girl. That was it. And she just, Costa Rica is located in Central America. And just these, you know, every single one of them just mic'd up, looked out into the crowd and said their fact. That's, oh, that's why, that's why they're like that. Like them being like that is what gives us this. And so that was very helpful for me to be like, they're not, it's not that they are unruly and uncooperative at a mess. It is that, you know, they are powerful and they are fascinating and they are a little fearless and give them a microphone. And, you know, it's like just when you, I always find in Girl Scout, like just as you're at the end of your rope or just as when you, when you think no more, they, they come around and they surprise you. I hope so. Um, so I have shared this story on this podcast a few times, but if you're new here or if you've missed it or if you just need to hear it again, I had one of my hardest meetings like that with unruly girls out of control, feeling like nobody was getting through 
the material that they picked that they wanted to get through and um, just so frustrated. And my co-leader and I stood in the parking lot. My co-leader was like in tears in the parking lot after the meeting. And she said, I don't know what to do. She actually, it was really sad because she said, I feel like they make me feel like I'm a doormat. Like, do I let them walk all over me? Like, what do I do? Um, And then I feel like the yeller, right? I'm the one who's always yelling and blah, blah. So she feels like a doormat. I feel mean. And like, I'm constantly yelling. I go home. I said to my partner, I am just at the end of my rope. I, um, I don't know what to do. I feel like they are more interested in just talking and doing cartwheels than doing the actual program. And I believe in the program so much, but we're not even doing it. So what is the point? And maybe I'll quit. Like I would never quit in the middle of the year, but maybe I'll quit. And he said, you're not going to quit. And I said, okay, I'm not going to quit this minute, but like, maybe this is my last year. And he's like, you didn't start this so that the girls could earn badges. You started this so that the girls would have a safe space to be girls. And then he said, how do girls act? I have chills just saying this, repeating this. How do girls act when they are feeling vulnerable and unsafe and insecure? They're quiet. They sit on their hands. They follow all the rules. But how do girls act when they're confident and they're safe and they're excited and they're having fun? They're loud. They laugh. They scream. And they do cartwheels. And he said, when's the last time you felt confident and safe and excited enough that you just had to cartwheel across the room? That's how you know you're doing it right because you've created a safe space for them. So true. Yes, and exactly what I needed to hear and God bless him because um, he really listens to me like to be able to articulate that back to me. I was like, all right, sold. You know what? That's You're right. So um, anytime... I have an unruly meeting or event um, and I feel like I'm yelling and, or, or, you know, if you feel like a doormat, just try to remember those words. So so there's my, my little words of wisdom and they're not even mine. They're his. (laughs) Okay. So one of the things that I love the most about Girl Scouting and the reason why I started this podcast is because yes, I love the impact for the girls and I believe in that so much. I wouldn't do it if I didn't. But the reason I keep coming back and the thing that blows my mind the most is that all the benefits that exist for the girls exist for the adults too. And we get all of the same um, intense experiences and growth and life lessons and impact on ourselves as adult volunteers too. So what is one way that you have been impacted or changed besides becoming a camper? Because I don't think, (laughs) I officially think you're not allowed to say that camping isn't your thing. Um, but besides that, what's one way you've been impacted or changed through this experience of volunteering with Girl Scouts? Um, by far and away, it is um, that I get new friends because I hear, I hear people say all the time, and I don't relate to it, but I do hear people say all the time that it's hard to make friends as an adult. Where do you get new friends from? And I just think I cannot relate to that feeling at all because all the new friends I have made in the last 10 years have been, besides at work, but other adult volunteers at Girl Scouts. And it's not all of them. They're not all for me, but I can always tell which ones are. (laughs) I can always tell which ones are for me. And they are some really great, close, amazing friendships. I have have benefited enormously from them, which is great. Um, But also just this idea that, that, that we 
we are people too. Like we are entitled to emotional growth and we are entitled to new friends and we are, um, and that we benefit from that. So, I mean, sometimes the girls at camp make fun of us because, you know, they say that like the adults are always standing around talking. They always want to shush, shush. And I'm like, no, this is for us too. Like we are all out here. We want these five minutes when we sit in this grass is for us or when, you know, we come to the campfire or when everyone shows up and I see, and I know the vehicles, I see them pulling up, you know, it's, it's, it's Cassie, it's Mel, it's whoever. It's like, you're so excited to see them. So that definitely. And then um, the secondary thing is uh, I have, it's a great creative outlet. I have lots of ideas. What am I to do with them? Um, I have been doing the same job for 23 years. I've been at the same employer for 23 years. I have been uh, married for 26 years because I'm you know, lucky and everyone's been happy and healthy. Um, but in Girl Scouts, I get to do new, I get to, my hamster wheel brain is always coming up with something wild and new to do, whether it's like, you know, coming up with an activity and figuring out the logistics or, um, you know, designing, I, I, I have a lot of swag that I give out at camp because I like branded swag. I like a sticker. I like patches. I like a shirt, whatever. Like, I, you know, I love, there's, I just feel like there's this extra part of my brain that I get to use that doesn't have anything to do with my job or even really being a mom. It's like, it's like, I always say that being a camp director has nothing to do with camp. It's like planning a wedding twice a year. And it's, it's a lot like a wedding in the sense that there's only so many seats, right? I got beds and I got people. So if a, if, if a group says I need to bring three more people and I don't have beds for it, they need, like, they, they need to know They're like, that's how it works. There's not infinite numbers of anything. I've got to fit them all in. And then I've got these big charts of the activities they're going to do and where they're going to be in at what time. And I will put somebody, you know, I'll, I'll have them in archery in the afternoon and they come to me like, can we switch? We switched to archery and I said you really can't archery is a long walk and putting it after lunch so that you can wrap up your lunch 10 minutes early and get there and I I love that it, that that part there's a part of my brain that never rests and Girl Scouts is a great place for that that is a really good answer I love it <laughs> so what advice do you have for new troop leaders who are just starting out oh my gosh it's so, it's so great and you're going to love it, but you very rarely love it during the actual hour that it's happening. Um, if, if you've ever had the experience of planning something exciting or going to a party, like being invited to a party you're super excited about, or even hosting a party that you're super excited about, and then you wake up on the day of it and go, oh, like sort of dreading it, it's, it's that. Um, you've planned a meeting you've raced around, you've gotten all your materials, you're going to get in there. Um, but in the moment, it's chaos. And then on the way home, someone always cries. Um, <laughs> but then the next day, when you're thinking about it, oh, that was great. We really got through that. We really, that's why it's like, take a picture, take a picture at every meeting, make them all line up. First of all, it's how you're going to remember your attendance. But like, get them all to line up with the painting they made or their, the, the sit-upon they did or, you know, and if they, if they played a game where they all had to stand on a square, get a picture of them all standing on the square because it's so much more joyful to look back at that picture 
than it is to be in that moment. So it's, it's never going to feel in the moment like this is the greatest thing in the world. But in, when you look back on it, you will, you will feel completely differently about it. Yes. Um, the crying thing hit me so hard. I, we, I've talked about this on here before too, but, um, it will never fail to crack me up when there's crying or fighting or drama or whatever. And I'm tired and frustrated and I'm even disappointed from the standpoint of, I put so much effort into planning this amazing thing and to feel like it devolved into this is really hard. And then a year later, the girls are all, remember when we did this? It was so fun. We should do that again. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, really? <laughs> but yeah, it is funny how um, sometimes in the moment it's hard and the hard times in the moment still end up being wonderful in the memories. Yeah. So I love that. What advice do you have for somebody who's considering maybe volunteering? They've attended maybe one of those meetings, like you said, um, hoping to just sign their kid up, but there aren't yeah. troops. Um, so what do they do? 100% you should do it. And here's why. Um, the best, best thing about Girl Scouts is there's absolutely no prescribed way to do it. So whatever you start and whatever you do, is going to be however you want it. And if you are a person who enjoys 100% creative and authoritarian control over things with low stakes, I don't want 100% control over things with high stakes, but if you like to have control over how things go, this is the place for you. You don't, like you get to choose what badge your troop is gonna do or what journey your troop is gonna do. You get to, you get to decide when your meetings are, how long they run, what things you're gonna do when you're there. Will you have a caper chart? You know, what, will you have a friendship circle? Of course you're gonna have a friendship circle. Everybody's got a friendship circle, but like you get to, you even get to decide, you know, sort of what to center in your troop, whether it is going to be the promise and the law or whether it's gonna be badges or whether it's gonna be field trips or whether it's gonna be travel for these elder scouts. I thought I wanted to take my kid and plug her into a troop that existed and then walk away. And I don't think I would have liked that at all. <laughs> I don't think I would have liked that one bit. I like it a lot more when I'm the decider of low stakes things. Like today we're gonna sit in chairs in a circle. Why? Because that's what we're doing. Today we're gonna go outside and sit on the ground. Like I literally just get to decide. And it's, it's great to have, it's great to have that and to grow with it because as you realize as the decider, you have to figure out what the badges and the patches are. You have to figure out what the skills are. You have to go to the trainings and learn the progressions. But then with that information, that doesn't close all the doors, that just opens new ones. So every time you learn about a new patch program or a new place where you can, or a new place for field trips or a new place that has horses, it just, goes into your little hamster wheel brain and becomes part of this really big picture. And then you get to decide what you're going to do on Tuesday for an hour. I love that you said that because it really reemphasizes to me why this idea that people tend to lord over each other, but also are kind of scared of, of girl led because um, the power of being able to make low stakes decisions is something that every single person craves in their life. We all want that. 
we all need that. And we all need the opportunity to grow and progress through that, where the simple act of what arrangement are you going to sit in today is maybe where it starts. And it becomes big enough to be the camp director in your service unit and to be planning these huge events that you compared to a wedding earlier, which certainly lower stakes than a wedding, but it's still low stakes in the grand scheme of like, it's not like you were planning the presidential inauguration, but it's low. It's so it's low stakes compared to that, but it's high stakes in the sense that these are the memories that girls remember for the rest of their lives. This is, and it's involving a ton of people and it takes a ton of coordination. So they're also much higher stakes decisions than like, we're going to sit inside or we're going to sit outside or we're going to sit in a circle. Um, And so I think that, um, (laughs) so I think that is really important to hear because I think that there are certain communities online where um, maybe it would be easy to say, but this is girl led. So we don't get to make decisions. It's not about that. And I think those people are kind of missing the point, which is that this is about us all pursuing leadership development in a way that us and the girls, this is leadership development and what leadership development looks like is practicing making decisions and getting to have creative control over those decisions and getting to move through progression and growth and making bigger and bigger decisions and more and more decisions. And so once again, not just does that matter for the girl, it matters for us too. Mm. And it's just really powerful because if we can acknowledge how much the opportunity to make decisions means to us as adults, then it's easy to understand why that is a cornerstone of the program for the girls. So I'm just really glad that you touched on that. And also I completely agree because it is absolutely a creative outlet for me outside of, I mean, now I'm an entrepreneur, but when I started my troop, I had a nine to five and I needed that creative outlet where all those ideas in my brain could go. Now I'm a little bit firing on all cylinders because that's also what entrepreneurship is. It's all the ideas going and having complete creative control over what I do. So I'm a little tired now, to be honest, but it it is, it's just important. Anyway, I think that's a really positive note, but I do always like to ask, especially longer term volunteers like yourself, what are the best resources for planning and supporting your troop? <laughs> That's such a great question too, because I, I had no idea what I was doing when I started. Um, when I started, I bought that big binder and I was, and I only knew how my Girl Scout situation had gone. So I had the book that had all the badge requirements in it. And I kept looking for that book and it didn't exist. And when you go to the trainings, they don't really give you those nuts and bolts like that. They give you what you need to know about permission slips and safety wise and all that. So the, the best resource is the other volunteers. I spend so much time at every service unit meeting talking to people about, and they tend to be newer leaders um, where I'm like, well, do you know about this? Do you know about this? Um, have you been to this thing? Have you not? And I learned it all just from sort of wandering around on the internet and being on these different chat groups, or I was looking for blogs and what, and podcasts, but what I found what, what instead were chat groups, like on Facebook groups. Um, and then, uh, just like the, the, the going on the website and looking in the shop 
like even so it's like you have to work backward from the thing it's like i'm looking at this uniform and i'm looking at all the stuff on it where does that all come from and then you sort of reverse engineer from back from that and it's like well there's these badges in the book but what are these other badges and then you go and you read and you read and you read and you hear these the feedback and you say ah. and then you start looking around and you start i was in my second year as a girl scout volunteer when i learned about fun patches and once you start, I mean, shopping is like everyone's entree to everything, right? Like once you go on and start looking, it's like, oh, I'm not necessarily going to buy all these things, but if these are all the things that people get patches for, then these are things that we can do. And then you work backwards from that. And you're like, well, if these are things that people are doing, but they are getting fun patches for them, why don't they have anything to do with badges? So you just ask people and you find out what they do and then you... You just, it all just becomes these tools in your toolbox. So that by the time you've been doing it for three or four years and you meet somebody who's new, you're like, oh, let me save you a lot of time. Here's how this works. And then they get all excited and then they tell you some stuff. And so I just, I just find that talking to other people cuts through a lot faster than searching somewhere in vain because it does not exist for the rules or what you're supposed to do. There's, it's my favorite thing about Girl Scouts. I tell people this all the time. It's literally whatever you want it to be. Yay. Yes. And that's part of why I love doing this podcast so much because I obviously, I love my, my fellow service unit people and I have some other local troop leaders who are in different service units that I connect with, but this is so cool. And it's so much fun for me because I meet people like you and we start to chat even before we hit record. And I'm like, this, these are my people. You're my people. <laughs> like I'm in such good company. And so on that note, um, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope that you've had as much fun as I have just getting to talk about Girl Scouts for a little while. And anybody who's listening who has not come on yet or hasn't come on in a while, if you came <laughs> on a year ago or two years ago or even three years ago and you're still listening, first of all, <laughs> thank you. Second of all, come back and do an update. But if you haven't been on yet, contact me. You can email me at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, Sarah, Sarah Heater. Um, but please, please, please reach out because I want to have more of these conversations. They give me life. They give me Girl Scout life. It's like the old vein tap. And I just feel like I'm <laughs> right back into Girl Scout mode. And um, honestly, Carrie, thank you so much because I love your stories. I love your energy. I love your passion. And it just, it's made my whole day. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. I do enjoy talking about Girl Scouts almost as much as I enjoy doing Girl Scouts. Right? Yes. Yeah. So if you feel the same, if you are like me and Carrie, come hang out with us and come on the podcast.